0: Welcome to the Holden Village podcast. Holden is a community of education, programming, and worship located in the remote wilderness of the Cascade Mountains. These snapshots provide a glimpse into the learnings taking place in our community. Let's tune in to this week's highlights. My name is Amanda Weber, and I'm here at Holden Village as guest musician for the week. This is my first time at Holden, and I'm coming from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I serve as Minister of Music and the Arts at Westminster Presbyterian Church downtown in Minneapolis. And I'm also here representing something a little more unique, which is a women's prison choir named Voices of Hope which is at a prison in Shakopee, Minnesota, just outside of the Twin Cities. So I feel very fortunate to present about Voices of Hope at Holden and to share some of the stories and songs that have come out of that work. I founded Voices of Hope about three and a half years ago. The prison was actually wanting to start a choir and happened to reach out to my teachers at the time. I was just starting a doctorate at the University of Minnesota and I have a real interest in music and social justice. So that's how I got connected with the prison and have been working there about three and a half years. And in that time, have worked with around 200 different incarcerated women. We've got about 50 in the choir at any given time. So people are Coming and going and leaving the prison. And what I'm most interested to share whenever I talk about this topic is breaking down some of the stereotypes about incarcerated people and especially with women, many of whom are coming to prison from paths of trauma, whether it's, you know, domestic abuse or sexual violence or sex trafficking or drug use and addiction. There are just so many reasons why the women end up in that place and so many injustices within the system that are not serving them and their future. So one of the things in our Vespers service that I'll get to share is The passage from Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, which we're all, I think, very familiar with of Jesus saying, when you feed the hungry and when you clothe the naked and when you visit those in prison, you're doing those things. For me, that's sort of our list of like social justice items that many churches try to address. And I always feel like the one that is least addressed or least successful is that visiting people in prison, because I think it's the hardest thing to do. Just the logistics of getting to prisons, which are very purposefully hidden and hard to get into, hard to volunteer at, makes it easy to just say someone else will do it. And there's just is not enough involvement in terms of folks, especially I think out of the Lutheran tradition, but mainline Protestant churches being involved in in the prison system. So the choir that I do is specifically non-religious, and that was the request of the prison, mainly because any opportunities that already existed were through religious services, through church services, things like that. And when I started, I did entirely secular music, and it became very apparent that a lot of the women in the choir were always talking about their faith. That was a topic that came up often. And so we had a conversation about what it means to sing um, songs from faith traditions that maybe aren't your own. And so we do try to cover a range of both secular and sacred music from a variety of traditions. And that is a way to bridge communities that are different. And what we're seeing in this choir over time is immense healing that is happening and a lot of skills that are being built around leadership and being in community with people who are different. This choir is so like antithetical to the prison system at large. So for so many of these women, they're entering the system with immense trauma. And then the experience of being incarcerated is re-traumatizing. You know, many of them are having to go through these strip searches and 80% of these women have been sexually assaulted. And so that, even that experience of re- feeling assaulted, your body again and again. So many people's tendencies is to just shut down and to say, you know, to get through my sentence, I'm just not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to mess with anybody. I'm just going to, you know, isolate myself. And people really shut down and then, you know, they make it to the end of their sentence, they're released back into the world. And somehow we expect that now they're going to be like better people or, you know, contribute to community in a meaningful way. And it's too often we see a recycling back into the system. And what people really are needing is a space for healing and a space to learn and to grow. And, you know, this idea that that people are learning skills and building community in a way that is changing their mindset from I'm just going to take care of me to what you have to do in choir, which is you have to listen to other people and you learn that your voice is contributing to something that's greater than yourself and all of these concepts of community, which both get these women through their time in a way that I think is healthier and hopefully is helping to make a difference when they leave obviously, when people leave prison, they have greater needs than music, right? They need mm-hmm. to find a job and find housing and food and those kinds of things, which are so essential. But then I think about all of the choirs that I've ever sung in, and how much those choirs are a network of diverse people, you know, who are coming to choir each week saying you know, does anybody need a roommate? I've got a room open in my house or Mm -hmm. here's a job I just heard about, or do you need a ride or let's get dinner? So that's sort of the dream for me is that building these pro-social skills, it's not just a fun, happy thing to do, but it really is a way to network and build that safety net that a lot of these women don't have. They didn't have the privilege of growing up with that in the way that you or I might. So yeah, I hope that choir can make a bigger difference than just sort of the joy of singing. And one of the things I would add related to Unity of Love is that more and more I'm finding that where the real work needs to happen is not just with the incarcerated folks, but with everyone on the outside who knows nothing about the criminal justice system, who's afraid of people who are incarcerated. And we had these decades of the war on drugs and the war on poverty that threw just millions of people into our incarceration system. Now they're all coming back out. There are more than 600,000 people leaving prisons a year. And I don't think our communities are ready to receive those people And, you know, so many of them are having trouble finding housing, finding resources, and especially women with children, there aren't enough places for women. And their needs are different from the needs of incarcerated men. So that has been a goal of mine is to help educate the community and help people advocate for incarcerated and formerly incarcerated women. And one of the cool projects that I was a part of in the last year is writing a prayer book for incarcerated people. It was just published about, um, I think in July of 2019 by Augsburg Fortress. It's called Hear My Voice, a prison prayer book. And if you can believe it, I think it's the first ever prayer book of its kind coming out of a mainline Protestant church. So a lot of Catholic and evangelical traditions are in prisons and doing Bible studies and sending messages to incarcerated people. But I think there's a real need for a word of grace and and that I think is missing. So it's an exciting publication and I think just a tiny, tiny step in hopefully a long road ahead of the Lutheran Church being more involved in criminal justice. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information. Or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.